I knew pretty quickly that I wanted to marry Kathy. Uh, we, we met. I was. Uh, we met up at Cornerstone University up in Grand Rapids. I was coming in as a sophomore transfer. She was a freshman. We met at a, a combined orientation event that we were at, and it, it started out pretty normal. Just hey, nice to meet you. We had a mutual friend. We did a couple like groups of friends things together, and then eventually it was like, hey, I think maybe we should go hang out together sometime. And and things kind of progressed from there. And uh, so probably two or three months in, I knew like. Yeah, we got we to gotta make this happen. This is it. This is, this is the one for me. Now, some of it is, um, I, I've never been like kind of a, a, a date for sport kind of a guy. And so even the couple relationships I had in high school were pretty long term as far as high school relationships go. I mean, I had had some good experiences, some negative things. And so I, I came into college with, with and I know this is an impersonal way to say it, but I came into college with, with I knew the boxes that I needed checked in the woman that I wanted to spend my life with, right? I kind of had my list, and Kathy very quickly checked all of those boxes, and and, and so I I think uh, maybe three, four months in, I had said, I love you. She wasn't quite ready yet. Um, It wasn't as awkward as that can potentially be, Uh, and yet I I spent the next couple years convincing her that I was right, and she needed to stick with this, and um, and so uh, I'd say towards the end of my senior year, so uh, probably two and a half, three years into that whole deal, uh, we, we both kind of knew, like, we're, we're ready, right? I, I was finishing up. She still had another year, plus maybe some student teaching if she continued on that track. But we were ready, right? We, let's, let's figure this out. And so I had to have that very traditional, very awkward, very horrible conversation with her dad uh, to kind of get, get the blessing of her family and all those kinds of things. And it went extremely bad. It was not a, it was not a good conversation <laughs> Uh, I can, if I close my eyes, I can picture myself sitting there in the passenger seat of his car, driving down the road, wishing that I'd never brought it up. And uh, I mean, he's a man of few words, but just made it pretty clear in a, in a pretty uh, awkward, stern way. Hey, we'd, we'd prefer that you guys wait. Uh, he said something about her finishing school. I think there was more to it than that, but some of that's reality. Some of that's just personal insecurity, but that's neither here nor there. What, what occurred there is me realizing that, okay, we could go off and do this, but have half the family angry at us. We didn't want to start our marriage that way. But the hardest part was realizing, okay, instead of being maybe a year away, now we're talking two plus years away. And there's a lot that goes in there. Like, I was a good youth group kid, so I'm, I'm trying to be patient, right? Like I'm trying to make good decisions and do this the right way. And so there's some of that. But, but all of that aside, like we were ready to start our lives together. And you guys, many of you guys have been through that moment where all of a sudden, you don't have to go home at the end of the date. You don't have to drive home. Like somebody doesn't have to leave. We get to do life together, right? And all that comes with that. And so there was that frustration of this, this desire that we had, this, this dream that we had of being married, this hope that we had that wasn't, it wasn't stopped, but we had to wait a little longer. And, and, and what I was feeling is perfectly encapsulated in a certain Proverbs, Proverbs 13, 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And that, that perfectly describes how I was feeling. And then as you dig it apart, it gets even more personal, right? Because that word deferred, it means drawn out, prolonged, delayed, postponed, right? You still anticipate it, but when, right? When is this gonna happen? Makes your heart sick, makes it feel wounded, makes it feel weak, makes it feel tired. Anybody ever been there before? The waiting just starts to suck the life out of you and your energy is gone, your desire is gone, right? It just makes your heart sick. 
And yet, when that longing is fulfilled, when that desire comes to pass, it's a tree of life. What does that word life mean? It means rejuvenation. It means renewal. It means fresh water. It it refers to the joy of springtime. It refers to activity and sustenance. And so there's frustration and struggle and weariness at the waiting, right? So whether or not there appears to be a light at the end of the tunnel, when the fulfillment of the dream is delayed, when the fulfillment of a desire is delayed, it can be a serious struggle. And that brings us to the significance of this particular day in history, right? Palm Sunday, the the triumphal entry of Jesus, because this came at a time when there was was waning hope. And yet there had been hope for most of the history. As you read through the Old Testament and the the history of the Jewish people, deep down, even even though many of their struggles were self-induced, they knew that there was there was a hope for something better, right? We read in Isaiah chapter 61, uh, the prophet describing what it was that they dreamed of for their people, for the nation, for the people of the earth. It says in Isaiah 61.1, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captains and a release from darkness for the prisoners. He sent me to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. These are things that they were not experiencing in the context of this writing. He, sent, he, he wants me to talk about comfort for all who mourn and, and a provision for those who grieve, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, an oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And it continues down into verse 4. They'll rebuild ancient ruins and restore places long devastated. They'll renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Talks about them being priests of the Lord, ministers of our God. You'll feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you'll receive a double portion, and instead of grace, you'll rejoice in your inheritance. Everlasting joy will be yours. He's saying at some point there will be restoration. Justice will once again be a thing here on the earth. The kingdom of heaven will reign once again on earth. And that goes all the way back to Genesis 3.15 where human beings break everything in their sin. The serpent deceives them and God says, hey, at some point I'm going to defeat that serpent. And so this message and others that echo it throughout scripture becomes a source of hope for many generations. And yet, in the midst of that hope, there's frustration. David says it over and over in the book of Psalms, Psalm 6.3. He says, my soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? Psalm 13, how long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Psalm 74, we're given no signs from God. No prophets are left. None of us knows how long this will be. How long will the enemy mock you, Lord? Psalm 94, how long, Lord, will the wicked be jubilant? How long, how long, how long will the promise be delayed? How long will the solution be postponed? How long does our hope have to experience weakness and sickness and frustration? They're looking around and saying, the world you created is wounded. The people are sick. Families are broken. The planet is tired. Our hope has been deferred. Until finally, the fulfillment. And we read the story of the day in Luke chapter 19. 
It says, after Jesus had said this, he'd been doing some teaching, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead of them went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying my colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. So just if you ever need a justification for stealing, uh, don't worry about it. The Lord needs it. Okay, you're going to jail. Uh, so they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Joy and peace and blessing and glory. Words that had not been used to describe life for a very long time. They were experiencing that fresh water, that rejuvenation, that sustenance, that new life, the tree of life that comes with a longing fulfilled. And we read in Ephesians the way Paul describes it. Ephesians 2.13, But now in Christ Jesus, the same Jesus who rode into town on a donkey, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace. Jump down to verse 17. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near, for through him we, have, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Jesus is every promise kept. Jesus is every longing fulfilled. And so on this day, on Palm Sunday, we have an opportunity. And the band's going to come and lead us through another few moments together. We have an opportunity to remember what it is that he's done. And we have an opportunity to worship him simply for who he is, and we can anticipate what he has yet to accomplish in our lives and on the planet as a whole. He is the promises kept. He is the longing fulfilled that brings new life and fresh water to our lives. As the band comes... Um, if you've been with us in the past for, for communion Sundays, usually we have the stuff at the back and you kind of grab it on your way in. But today's a little bit different. I want you to get up and move a little bit and, and have kind of a time, an intimate time on your own or as a couple or as a family to, to take the Lord's Supper together. And so if, you're, um, if you would like to do that today, as the band sings these next two, three songs, we have the elements up here on either side. Um, as you are ready... You can make your way up and grab it, take it back to your seat and have a time. If, if you need to stand during these songs, feel free to stand. If you need to sit and have a moment, feel free to sit and have a moment. If you just need to have these songs sung over you, that's fine as well. If you need to sing out loud and proud, sing out loud and proud. If you need to have a moment with the elements to remember the brokenness of his body, to remember the shedding of his blood that he's so willingly allowed to happen, that's what these moments are for. If over the course of the next few moments you just need some prayer, maybe you need someone to pray for you, maybe to pray over you, pray with you. Um, I'll be available up on this side, just kind of as you're coming up, make some eye contact. We'll 
step aside for a second. If there's more than one, we've got some elders available to jump in as well. And that continues even after the service if you need to chat with someone. We want this to be a day where you have some, some time to just sit, some time to let it out, some time to pray, some time to celebrate, whatever it is that you need to experience with the Lord this morning. years ago where he removed all doubt and he came right out with it and rode in triumphantly as a king before the masses and made it very clear to us who it was he was claiming to be and then God in less than a week from now he'll prove who it is that he was thank you for the broken body to take our brokenness for us thank you for the shedding of his blood Thank you for the resurrection that defeated death once and for all and for giving us a chance to share in that victory. Holy Spirit, join us this morning. Touch each heart as it needs to be touched. Speak to each one as they need to be spoken to. Fill this place.